Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Chapter 2, verse 16. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may freely eat, but from the tree of the knowledge, somebody say knowledge, Of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you shall surely die. That word die there does not mean like physical death. It's talking about separation from God in that moment. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. May the God of peace himself sanctify. Somebody say sanctify. You entirely. And may your spirit. And soul and body. Say spirit, soul, body. body. Three Three in one. Come on. All right, be complete. Without blame and coming at the blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over the next couple of moments that you would anoint me to preach and teach your word. The word that you have placed on my heart as we dive into this new series and over the next couple of weeks, I pray that you would help me to articulate your word. Father, may this be a word that Jeremy Smith, our graduate today, holds on to the rest of his life. May the men and women of BTB hold on to this thing the rest of their life and every congregation member here today. Father, let the implanted word change the individual's thought process today. In the name of Jesus, amen. And the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So as I said earlier, we're starting our new series called Get Your Mind Right. Look over at your neighbor and say, Jesus is fixing to get your mind right. (laughs) I see some of y'all looking at your husbands and your wives like like y'all was really emphasizing that. You know, huh? Jesus is fixing to get your mind right. Look over at your other neighbor and say, no more stinking thinking. Come on, somebody. No more stinking thinking. All right, here we go. I'm going to the drawing board. So we just read this from the scripture, right? We just read this, that you have a spirit, a soul, and a body. So you've got your soul here. Right? The soul, a big part of that is your mind. And then you have a spirit, is what the Bible teaches. And then you also have a body. Come on, somebody. Right? This is also known as your flesh. Stay up out of your flesh. And walk up in your spirit. Come on. So we have a body, a soul, our mind, and a spirit. This spirit, it comes from God. Look, I done messed up my diagram. I'm bending over and can't, can't write, but hang on. Give me one second here. Your spirit, it comes from God. Amen. 
So your spirit comes from God. Your mind has three parts to it as well. I need to stop putting this pen down. Let me get this diagram done. Your mind has three parts as well. Your, it's, your, your soul has three parts. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Those are the three things that make up your mind. I mean, those are the three things that make up your soul. So you have three parts that make up your soul. And how many of you know that Jesus came to save what? Your soul. Jesus came to save your soul. The Bible teaches that we were created in what? God's image. So just like God is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen, you are being made and have been made in God's image. Being made in God's image is about way more than the way that your physical body looks or the way that you think. Being made in God's image is about way more than the, just the way that you look. So it's three in one because it's your mind, your will, and your emotions. So your soul is made up of how you think, what you do, and how you feel. And guess what? Jesus came to save it all. Jesus came to save your soul. So that means Jesus came to save your mind, your will, and your emotions. Jesus came to save the way that you think. Come on, somebody. Jesus came to save what you do. And if he can save the way that you think and what you do, he can save the way that you feel because the way that you feel comes from the way that you think and what you do. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Oh, y'all better put your arm floaties on today because we're going deep today. I'm going to mess y'all up. So he came to save you in the here and now to qualify you for heaven one day. Jesus didn't just come to punch your ticket to get you to heaven. Jesus came to save your soul. He came to save the way that you think. He came to save the way that you do. He came to save the way that you feel. So many people get caught up in their feelings and their emotions. And the reason why is because they don't understand that Jesus came to sanctify that as well. Je Jesus came to sanctify your emotions. You want to know why? Because you ain't got to live by your emotions. You ain't got to do what your flesh feels all the time because God placed a spirit in you and he also placed the Holy Spirit in you so that you could begin to listen to one and feed one but starve the other. Jesus came to save the way that you think because if he can save or change the way that you think, he can save and change the way that you do things. If he can change the way that you do things, he can change the way that you feel. Good God Almighty, who am I preaching to already? Because if you will let Jesus sanctify you and change the way that you think, you can begin to change the things that you are doing. And if you can change the things that you are doing, you can change the way that you are feeling. Guess what? Anxiety and depression's got to go if you'll begin to focus on Jesus and meditate on Jesus and stop letting everything else surrounds you dictate the way that you're feeling stop accepting the report of the world that you're just like your mama you're just like your daddy or that you've inherited this thing you've got depression you've got anxiety you've got I'm not telling you don't be real and address the emotions that you're feeling I'm saying kill it by changing the way that you think about it mm, that's good preach 
Because watch this. If you can change your mind, you can change your day. And if you can change your day, that means you can change your year. Come on, somebody. And if you change your years, that means you can change your life. And if you can change your life, you can straighten out your life. Stop living and stop living mediocre and wonder why you feel like you were meant for something more than what you're living right now. We'll start walking in the calling, the power, and the purpose of God that he has for your life. If that's you and you want to straighten out your mind today, I wish you'd give God 10 seconds of praise right now where you're at and say, God, I'm ready to renew my mind. I'm ready to change the way that I think. I'm tired of stinking thinking. I want holy thinking. I want Jesus type of thinking. I'm going to shift my day. I'm going to shift my year. I'm going to shift and straighten Straighten out my life simply by changing the way that I think. So your soul is three in one because you were made in the image of God. Come on, somebody. Y'all follow me with that. But it doesn't stop there because mankind's life, period, is made in the image of God. We just read that in the scriptures in Thessalonians where Paul says, sanctify yourself entirely. And your spirit, your soul... And your body. So the soul is three in one, but also mankind's life period is three in one. You have a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. Now here's where it gets real crazy. Because the Bible says that you were created in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the very world. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the very world. And you were in the Lamb, is what the Bible teaches, right? The Bible says that you are the workmanship of His hands, and God created good works prepared for you to walk in them beforehand. So according to these scriptures, I believe that the Bible teaches that your spirit was in heaven before you ever got here. <laughs> Some of y'all like, hold up, what? That's in the Bible. Your spirit had a heavenly existence before you got here. Don't ask me how to explain that or what was going on or what happened. I don't know. I ain't going to pretend like I have all the answers. I just know that that's what the good book says. So I'm going to go with what the good book says. Amen. I don't know how that works and I don't know how to explain it. But I will tell you one thing that it does explain something to me about. It explains this. That your mind that ain't been sanctified or renewed just yet, your spirit knows something that your mind don't know. Your spirit is trying to get your mind to catch up with what it already knows about your life. That's why you sit in there in your spirit with an understanding that you're meant for more then maybe what you're living right now or your spirit's just telling you and just itching away at saying, I don't know what is going on, but I am meant for more than what it is that I am living right now. But your mind doesn't really comprehend it. Why aren't you there yet? Or it's wrestling on the inside of you trying to get you to that place that your spirit on the inside of you already knows that you're supposed to be at. But if you can ever get your mind to catch up with what your spirit already knows, 
You'll be able to get your mind to become one with your spirit and the spirit and walk out purpose and destiny and calling on the earth, which is, by the way, God's plan for your life. Jesus says in John 17, Father, my prayer is that they would become one like you and I are one. So what Jesus is praying there is for you to become one with the Holy Spirit, for your spirit to join in with Holy Spirit. That way you can become one with one another. And then in return, you will be one with Jesus, just like like he was one with the Father. And your spirit can line up with Holy Spirits. And then you can walk out your destiny, calling, and purpose. We talked about this in Chosen a couple of series back you understand that holy spirit is the gps for your life the holy spirit was with god in heaven when he wrote books about your life before you ever got here jesus says i have come to do what is written in your book of me david says i have come to let me do what is written in your book O god of me so you have a plan and a purpose that's written out in heaven in a book about your life and the holy spirit is your gps to get you to that destination you know the good thing about a gps anytime you get off track it just reroutes you if you'll just get back on track and say you know Siri, get me back to where I'm supposed to be. Come on, somebody. If you ain't got an iPhone, you ain't got a real phone. All right, I had to throw that in there. Sorry. But, but what Jesus is saying, if you can become united with me like I'm united with you, Father, they can walk out their purpose on the earth and fulfill what is written in their book like I fulfilled what was written in mine. And just like when Jesus prayed in the garden and his, his what? His body, his flesh didn't want to do what his spirit knew he was supposed to do. And then Jesus made his flesh be subject to his spirit and what God had called him to do. Come on, who am I preaching to? We in the church once again of Jesus Christ got to tell our flesh to shut up Take a seat and let's walk out what the Spirit of God is wanting us to do. Come on. Come on. God wants you to become one like he is one. So you understand that you can take authority over your mind and your flesh and get it to line up with what the Spirit of God wants you to do. By the way, it's not arrogance or pride when you're sitting there at a crossroads in your life and you're thinking to yourself, I'm meant for more than this. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on. Who am I preaching to? You might be sitting in this room right now thinking, I don't know what is going on, but I just feel something internally. I feel something on the inside of me that I am meant for way more than what I am living right now. Let me help you this morning. That's not pride. That's not arrogance. It's called your spirit. And your spirit is wanting to break loose, baby. Your spirit is wanting to get up out of there and help you get to your destination and help you get to your purpose and help you get to your calling and accomplish what God put you here for in the first place Mm. meant for more than what I keep doing and what I keep saying why do I keep cussing and talking foolish I'm better than this why do I keep feeling like I'm stuck at this dead-end job and that I'm meant for more than what I'm living why do I keep hanging out with mediocre people doing mediocre things I'm meant for more than what I'm living why am I hanging out with the same old circles and the same old crowds going in the same old circle come on somebody this doesn't sit right with my spirit I'm worth 
more than this. I am meant for more than this. What am I doing in this crack house? Come on, somebody. What am I doing putting this needle in my arm? Come on, somebody. What am I, can I take it, what am I doing in this bed right now with this individual that ain't got my best interest? What is it that God has for you that you're disqualifying yourself because you're letting your mind take you to a place that it has no business being? Mm. Why am I hanging around you although I know you're not the one that God has designed for me. Why am I sitting in this bar? Why I keep going to the club on Friday nights looking for love in all the wrong places? Come on, come on. Y'all y'all don't want to be real in here today. Don't make me call some of y'all out. I knew y'all before I came to Christ. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but can I help us this morning? That's your spirit trying to get your mind that ate from the tree to catch up with what your spirit on the inside of you already knows. Mm. We got to stop settling for where our mind has us and renew it so that we can get to where God has always created us to be. Come on, come on, touch your neighbor say, get your mind right, get your mind right, get your mind right. Mm. Let me explain where I got this from too, and it's from our first scripture. God says, don't eat of the tree of good and evil. Don't eat of the tree of what? Wait, wait, sorry. Knowledge of good and of evil. You can eat of any other tree in this entire garden but don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Pay attention to that word. Where is knowledge obtained and where is knowledge retained? Where, where is knowledge obtained and retained? It's right here in between your ears, in your mind, in your consciousness is where knowledge is obtained and where it is retained. So what God is saying is that when you eat of the tree, you're fixing to infect your mind with something, and now your mind is going to be full of the knowledge of good, but also the knowledge of evil, when before you didn't even have no knowledge of evil. You only had the knowledge of good. But now you have the knowledge of evil. So what God is saying in that garden is that if you eat of that tree, you fixing to have to take a lot of responsibility on yourself that I never created for you to withstand or withhold. But in my goodness and in my grace and in my mercy and in my compassion, I'm going to give you a way to get your mind back. Come on. I wonder, is there anybody in the room that wants your mind back? Stop eating of that tree. So now your mind is going to be full of good and evil. And when it becomes full of evil, watch this. You understand that when your mind becomes full of evil, that you become an enemy of God? Ask, ask the generation that Noah lived in what happens to a generation that their thoughts are continuously evil. That's what the word of God said. That's why God wiped out the earth with a flood. One of the reasons, there's, very mo there's multiple reasons. But one of them was that the thoughts of mankind was continuously evil. So now you've got to deal with this, and now you have become an enemy. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to talk about this in a couple of weeks. But do you understand that Satan is not God's great cosmic foe that is in this epic battle for mankind's soul? 
your mind is what God's enemy is. Oh, and I got scripture to back that up. The Bible says that your mind is at enmity against God, but that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So God had an answer for the devil and his rebellion in heaven before he ever even created any of us or anything. So what that saying is, is that now mankind's mind has become at enmity against God. It is God's enemy. And that's why you got to remove the stinking thinking. You've got to change the way that you think. You've got to renew your mind with the word of God, with the implanted word of God that can produce fruit in your life, that can produce change in your life. We have to change the way that we think in order to change what it is that we do. And in order to change that, that's how we can get in right relationship with God. Amen. So, because what Adam and Eve did, now there is this epic war going on right in between our ears. It isn't an angel on this shoulder and a devil on this shoulder. That's cute and all. And it's good for cartoons. But this is real life. You've got this epic battle going on in between your ears every single day. And if you don't feed this, but you feed this, this is in a whole lot of trouble. There's this battle going on in your mind for who you will follow. You have the spirit, which is supposed to become one with the Holy Spirit, trying to get you to accomplish your destiny and your purpose. And then you have a carnal mind, which is at enmity against God, which is trying to get you to do things your way. You understand that that's the way of the garden. The way of the garden is simply this. It's just trying to do things your way. It's taking matters into your own. Y'all ever met people that take matters into their own hands? Life is usually a mess with those type of individuals. But your mind has been infected by the garden. See, Adam was our earthly father. God is our heavenly father. You understand? Understand that, right? And that's why Jesus had to come as the second Adam so that he could reproduce what he had lived in the earth so that we could stop producing what the other one produced in the earth. Man, that's good teaching. So that's why God sent his son, so that you could have your mind washed in the blood and you could renew your mind with the word, which is his life, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So you can renew your mind with the life of Jesus and the word of God. And then when you get a hold of his life, you can replace your life with his life. Come on, somebody. Which in return brings about salvation, and salvation all starts in your mind. I wonder, do I got any blood-bought Christians this morning that will say, I believe the word of God that says I'm saved. I believe the word of God that says the Holy Ghost will sanctify me. My life might not look like it right now, but if I can begin to change what's going on in between my ears, I can change my destiny. I can change my life and begin to accomplish what it is that God has called me to do. We're going to get to this next week, but the Bible says, as a man thinks within himself, 
so he is. It's hard to be saved when in your mind you don't really believe that you are saved. I said it a couple of weeks ago. We got to stop trying to get Christians saved every single week. Come on, somebody. Like, if you've called upon the name of Jesus and believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, your next step is simply to renew your mind so that your life and your will and your emotions can begin to look like what your spirit has intended for you to be. So in Genesis 2, our minds get messed up. In Genesis chapter 2, mankind's mind literally gets lost. We lost our mind in Genesis chapter 2. Now God has to come up with a way for us to get our minds back, and he sends his son Jesus to make that happen. Because what was lost through one man's sin, oh, come on, somebody. What was lost through one man's sin, Adam, can be regained through one man's righteousness, Jesus. So we don't have to stay with the mind of Adam anymore. Come on, somebody. We can now obtain the mind of the second Adam, which is Christ. We got to stop making excuses for our carnal mind and start putting on the mind of Christ. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all are thinking right now, well, how in the world do I do that? That sounds good and all. Putting on the mind of Christ, but it rather sounds complicated. You know, I thought I was just a sinner saved by grace and going to get to heaven one day because I said a prayer and asked Jesus into my heart. I'm living life in my mind, a life in my mind that I feel powerless to change. Mm. You might be asking, I mean, is this even obtainable? How can I put on the mind of Jesus Christ himself? You're telling me that I can think like Jesus and in return live like him and walk hand in hand with him, getting to your destiny and your calling and your purpose. I'm glad you asked that question because it's true. Because the word of God said, said so. The word of God told you that you can have the mind of Christ and that you can put on the mind of Christ. It's obtainable because the word of God says you have access to it. I ain't read you that scripture yet. Hold on. Here we go. Second Corinthians. No, first Corinthians chapter two. We got that on the board. Second Corinthians or first Corinthians chapter two, starting in verse nine. Here's where I might lose my mind here in a minute. Verse 9, but just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, nor has entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things even to the depths of God. For who among people knows the thoughts of a person except the spirit of the person that is in him? Are y'all catching this? So also the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. That's why it's real important to know Holy Spirit. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from, I told you, your spirit comes from God. But the spirit who is from God, so that we may know all things freely given to us. By God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual things, spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. I'm going to help y'all understand why 
half of the community around you doesn't understand you. And it says right here, but a natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God. They are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Stop expecting carnal people to understand your spirituality. It's impossible for their mind to comprehend it because they have not been born again or renewed their mind or given their new spirit. By the way, your spirit is dead until you call upon the name of Jesus. Oh, so y'all didn't know. This is like a movie in that TV show. We got a lot of walking dead walking all around us at your job, at your school, at your work. They are the walking dead. Their spirit is not alive until the Ruach, the breath of God hits that spirit and brings it to life. But the one who is spiritual discerns all things, yet he himself is discerned by no one. There's your other answer. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But watch this. We have the mind of Christ. Do y'all understand the magnitude of that statement? Eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and it has not entered into the heart or the consciousness of mankind all that God has in store for those who love him. What he is saying is that you haven't seen it with your eyes. You haven't heard it with your ears, and it hasn't entered into your heart, your mind, all that I have prepared for you. But if you can ever get your mind to line up with what your spirit already knows God can produce in your life what he wants to already produce and he's already done God lives outside of time and space over here he created it he spoke it into existence this is what messes us up when we read the Bible because we look at it as a perspective of us being in time and space but God is outside of time and space your life is already finished in God Because he never starts a thing until he finishes it. That's a God you serve. He doesn't even start a thing until he finishes it. We're just working backwards. That's why God can make a statement like, I'm able to work out all things for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purposes. He is the only being in the universe that can make a statement like that and it make any kind of sense. For real. I mean, it's crazy. But you can begin to see it manifest in your life. You know the thoughts of a man. Who knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man? Who knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God? If we can get our mind right and renew it with the mind of Christ... We can begin to obtain the things that God has prepared for us before we ever got here. Y'all understand that that's what this is saying. That God prepared stuff for you before you ever got here. Stop begging God for stuff. You ain't outside of the house. You've been adopted and grafted into the family of God. You ain't got to beg God for a thing. What you need to do is go thank God for what was already prepared before you ever got here and have the right perspective and stop acting like an orphan because you're not an orphan. The God who created you, who shaped you and molded you in your mother's womb, who knew every aspect of your life before you ever showed up here who came and sent you here with a plan and with a purpose he ain't freaking out every time you make a mistake just get your butt back on track get in tune with the holy ghost and let god give you the things that he's already prepared for you i'm gonna lose my voice today come on 
This stuff is good. There's some good stuff. This is, this is paradigm shifting if you'll begin to understand this, this stuff. If you would change the way that you think. Uh, let me help us today. Help me, Lord. What I'm teaching today ain't some motivational speaking stuff. They stole that from the Bible. You ever heard change the way that you think and change your life? Where do you think they got that from? They got that from the king of heaven, the king of glory, the one who spoke this world into existence because he's the one who understood that when he created us, that this right here will determine where you end up. Your mind determines where you end up. So many of us have been walking in circles our entire lives and we can't figure out why. I'm helping you today. It's because of the way that you think. This isn't a motivational speech. This is the word of God. As a man thinks within himself, so he is. Stop claiming depression. Stop claiming anxiety. Stop claiming fear. Start speaking to that situation and say, God, it might not look like it in my life. I might not be producing it right now, but the power of life and death is in the tongue. And as I think about myself, so I am. I'm not depressed. I'm free. Come on, somebody. I'm not scared anymore. I got the courage like Joshua to go slay some giants. I might be like Caleb in his 80s when he said, I'm going to go take that mountain and get what God has for me. Some of you are thinking that you've been too old. You ain't too old. Caleb did it in his 80s. Come on, somebody. He said, no, that territory is mine, and I'm going to get what God told me was mine. God ain't finished with some of y'all yet. I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all just got to stop inwardly accepting the, the tactics of the enemy. And watch this. Let's stop blaming everything on the devil. This right here. This right here. Your flesh tells you that you're defeated. Your flesh tells you that you're broken. Your flesh tells you you never make it. Your flesh tells you that you're broken. Your flesh tells you that you don't have a father in heaven. Your flesh tells you that you're an orphan. Because of what happened in the garden, your mind and your flesh is jacked up. Stop listening to what is going on in between here and pick up the word of God and put it in here. And if you'll put the word of God in here, things will shift and change in your life. Man, who am I preaching to? I don't know about you, but I want all the things that God has prepared for me. I want to reach every assignment that God has prepared for me. I want to reach every soul that God has put in my path for me to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to obtain every crown and every jewel on my crown so that when I get at the feet of Jesus, I'm not coming empty handed. Who am I preaching to? Your good works this morning, your good works in your life are simply so that you can have a crown. And when you see him, you just cast it at his feet because he's so good. You just cast it at his feet because he's so glorious. You just cast it at his feet because he's so majestic and he's so good. And you'll remember the times in your life when he had your back, when nobody else had your back and when everybody had given up on you, but you kept fighting and you kept serving. And when nobody was paying attention on the back end of a desert, you was able to do what God had called you to do because you had renewed your mind by the spirit and the power of God. Every crown, I want every blessing 
I want every inch of purpose to be fulfilled on this earth. I want my mind to line up with the plans and purposes of God in my life because the plans and purposes of God for your life are peace. Come on, somebody. In his plans and purposes, they're in his presence. And in his presence, there is the fullness of joy. Come on, somebody. Get in his presence. Get in his presence. That's where the joy is. Get in his presence. Get off the Netflix and the TV and go get in his presence. That's where you can battle some anxiety. That's where you can battle some fear is in his presence. We got to stop being so entertained. And why don't we entertain the presence of God? Get your mind right. Depression's got to go. When you get your mind right, anxiety has to go. When you get your mind right, fear has to go. Low self-esteem has to go. Addictions have to flee because you have to make room in your mind. You ain't got no room in your mind for that junk anymore if you'll just fill it with the word of God. Come on, somebody. I'm not saying that demons don't attack. I'm not saying that demons ain't real. I'm not saying that spirits don't come and try to torment your mind. They know. That's why they're attacking your mind. But I am here to tell you, too, that we've got two things we've got to battle. you got to battle the enemy, but you also got to battle your flesh. you got to battle the enemy, but you also got to battle in your mind. And if you will put so much of the spirit in your mind, the flesh will die. Addictions have to flee because you've got no more room in your mind for that anymore. Pride has to go because when you have the mind of Christ, you only have humility. That thing in you that says, I'm here to be served and not served, has to go because Christ came to serve and not be served. That thing in you that says, I for an eye and tooth for a tooth, has to go because Jesus said, love your enemies. That thing in you that says, I'm never going to make it. I'm not good enough. I can't do this, has to go because with my God, all things are possible through Christ Jesus. That thing in you. Come on, who am I preaching to today? If you would just get your mind right, God can take you places that you would have never dreamed. I ain't supposed to be here today, according to the world. I'm not supposed to be directing a program. I'm not supposed to be pastoring a church where I grew up, where so much turmoil and chaos happened. But I got my mind right, and I began to walk in destiny and calling and purpose. And I ain't nobody special, baby. What God did in my life, he'll do in yours. The question is, are you willing to get your mind right? Touch your neighbor, say, get your mind right, get your mind right, get your mind right. The Bible just told us that no eye has seen and no ear has heard, nor has entered the heart of man what God has prepared for you. And the only way to find out what that is is to get your mind right and get connected with his. Do y'all really understand that? No eye has seen and no ear has heard. Don't you have eyes and don't you have ears? That means it ain't even in a your mind just yet. But your spirit knows it, and your spirit can help you accomplish it. Y'all ought to have been way more excited about that. Because the things that you don't even think are possible with you are possible because God is on the inside of you. And he wants to make things happen. And your spirit is just itching at the seams to bust loose and to be a winner in this life. Jesus, help me. Who knows the man, but the spirit of a man. Just like who knows the spirit of God, like the spirit of God. Translation there is this. Your spirit knows who you really are. 
Come on, come on. I preached a whole message on identity one time talking about this. Because we got to stop speaking to sinners about their sin. We need to just tell them who they are. People mixed up in addiction, sin, lust, fornication, they know that they're mixed up in sin. They're the ones living in it. Why don't we just tell them who they are in Christ Jesus and that God created them with a purpose before the foundation of the very world. And if they'll get in tune with their spirit and if they'll renew their mind and begin to listen to Holy Spirit, the GPS for their life, things can shift and change. The Holy Spirit really knows who God is and his plans for your life. And if you can never get your mind to catch up and integrate with the two, you will be unstoppable for the kingdom of God. I feel somebody getting free in the house today. I don't know who you are, but I feel you're getting free of old mentalities, of old mindsets, of brokenness, of junk in your mind that says you're not good enough. You're never going to make it. You're depressed. You're full of fear. The, The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. Your flesh will tell you lies. Stop acting like you ain't good enough. Quit acting like you ain't going to make it. God got you this far, ain't he? And he ain't gave up on you yet because you still got air in your lungs. You still got your consciousness. You still got your spirit. You are still alive. God ain't finished with you yet. I prophesy the minds in the room today. It's time to catch up with what your spirit already knows about you. I prophesy over every mind in the place today that your spirit man is going to catch up. Your mind is going to catch up with what your spirit already knows. It's time for your mind to catch up with what the Holy Spirit is ready to take you into. There's a shift coming to some mindsets today. Come on, somebody. If you receive that, I wish you'd give God 10 seconds of praise right here, right now. I'm almost through. I'm almost through. Y'all just bear with me just a minute, just a minute. Verse 12 here. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God, so that we may know the things that he freely gives us. Y'all catch that? What it's saying is that once you get born again, you don't have the spirit of the world, a.k.a. Adam. You, you don't have the mindset of Adam anymore. But you have a spirit that is from God, and you also have the Holy Spirit. Very important here. So that we may know all things that he freely gives us. Come on, somebody. I said he freely gives it to you. We got too many people turning God into a secret agent and making this thing difficult. The Bible just told you that he gave you a new spirit and in his spirit, he will freely give you all things. That means with no strings attached, honey. That means with no strings attached, precious. He loves you. He's got plans for you. He's got purposes for you. He's got things set aside for you and he freely wants to give you all things. God hasn't hidden your purpose anywhere except within you. Oh, gosh, help me, Holy Ghost. God hasn't hid anything except what's on the inside of you. You want to know what that means? It ain't far away. That that means that you have access to it right now because it's in you. 
If you'll just tap into your spirit, God will freely give you all things. Let me get real practical. Watch that. God will freely give you the career that you've been praying for and believing for and studying for and going to school for. He will give you that wife or that husband that you keep praying for and asking for because we serve a God that is a good father. See, if wicked people know how to give good gifts, how much more will our heavenly father give us good gifts? Come on, somebody. If, if a parent, if a son asks for a piece of bread, what parent gives them a stone? or gives them a snake, right, right? He will give you the car and the house and the things that you need. You have a good, good father, and he's placed everything that you need on the inside of you called your spirit and the Holy Spirit integrated and becoming one to accomplish your mission and your mandate in the earth. Mm. The last verse there that we just read says that we have the mind of Christ. You have access to the mind of Christ. When you get born again and renew your mind through the word of God, you can begin to think like Jesus. I'm getting ahead of myself and we're going to be talking about this stuff for the next couple of weeks. Don't be missing church. I'll message you on Facebook. I'm kidding. But the Bible says that you need to renew your mind. Be not conformed by this world, but renew your mind. You renew your mind with the word of God. Right. You renew your mind like Jesus. And I just said that if you'll renew your mind, you can begin to think like Jesus. Remember what I said earlier? If you can change the way that you think, you can change your will, which is what you do. If you can change what you do, you can change the way that you feel. That's where freedom's at, folks. That's where authentic, true, real freedom is at. If you'll just get in this book and cram it into your mind. I remember when I'd be reading and studying the word of God, I'd be thinking, man, I, I don't even know if I'm getting this. And then when I came home after 12 months of being in that program, I just began to regurgitate scripture when I would start hanging out with Christians and we would start talking about God and we'd start talking about the word. I didn't even think that I had memorized it. I didn't even think that any of it was getting in me, but I just stayed in that word and let it renew my mind and change the way that I think. The entire Bible is Jesus. So if you can put Jesus on your mind and in your mind, that's how you can put on the mind of Christ. Come on, somebody. Jordan and the worship team, please come. Michael, I don't know what we're going to do, brother, about this board in your way. <laughs> Let's cover up Hayden. <laughs> yeah, if y'all could take it down, that's good. <laughs> I can mess with Hayden like that because he knows I really love him. But the mind is a very powerful thing because it's the mind that will get you to your destination. I heard Ron Carpenter say this one time. He said, it's not the thought that comes into your mind that changes things. It's the thought that comes in your mind and stays that changes things. You can't think to yourself, I want to be a millionaire, and think about it one time and then produce it in your life. It's an impossibility. You can't, you can't think, I, I want to be a millionaire, and think it one time and it's going to happen. But if every day you wake up 
and you work hard and you come up with a plan. And watch this. You not only come up with a plan, but you execute the plan. See, this is a problem with a lot of Christians. We come to an altar and we'll pray about something and then we don't, don't even think about it anymore. We, we, might, we might come to an altar and say, man, I want to put on the mind of Christ. Lord, help me put on the mind of Christ. But then we don't pray about it or think about it anymore. Y'all catch what I'm telling you right now? It's the thought that comes and stays that will produce fruit. If you wake up every morning and when your feet hit the ground, you say, I want to put on the mind of Christ. You understand that's what the helmet of salvation is all about. It's about your mind. See, because you can't really be saved until you believe in your mind that you're saved. Because when you really believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, when you really believe that and you become a Christian and your spirit gets born again and you come alive, those things that used to not bother you, they now do. Your, your mind will begin to shift and begin to change. It's not the thought that comes one time. It's the thought that comes and stays that changes you. What you meditate on and what you think on, you can see come to fruition. Look, guys, if you just all the time with your mouth and with your heart and with your spirit say and confess the things that you, that you are dealing with. I'm not saying don't, don't come, don't ask for prayer, don't, don't do any of those things. So don't take what I'm saying and twist it up, amen? What I'm telling you is that there is power in your tongue. The power of life and death is in your tongue. The power of life and death is right here too. Because if you meditate on those things all the time, that's why we, we do, we talk, I talk about addiction a lot because I come out of addiction. We have a recovery program. But if you run around to meetings all the time, my name's Bill and I'm an addict and I'm always going to be one, guess what you are going to be? You might be sober that day. You might be sober a couple weeks. You might be sober a couple years, but you are still held captive in your mind to what you used to do. I wish somebody would call me a drug addict today. I ain't done drugs in six years, brother. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not a womanizer anymore. I'm not violent anymore. I'm not angry anymore. I'm not mad anymore. I am full of love, compassion, and mercy, and I'm putting on the mind of Christ every single day. That don't mean I'm perfect, baby, but what that means is that I'm willing to do something different and think on something different and ponder on something different and give my mind over to something that is way more powerful than me. If in your mind, all you can say or think is, I'm not good enough, I'll never make it, God doesn't love me, how could he love me, look at all I've done, I'm just a sinner, I can't stop doing what I'm doing, I have no power, that's what it's going to be in your life. But I came to tell you today, if you can beat it in your mind, you can beat it in your world. Let me say that again. If you can beat it in your mind, you can beat it in your world. 
If you can beat addiction in your mind, you can beat it in your world. If you can beat anxiety and fear and depression in your mind, you can beat it in your world. If you can beat fear in your mind, you can beat it in your world. Come on, somebody. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.